Hello and welcome to Technically Speaking, where scientists and engineers come together to chat about a common interest, share knowledge and satisfy some curiosity. I'm Antonia and in this episode I'm joined by Rueda and Ellie to talk about science and engineering and what's the difference? To start off with, Ellie, what's your background with science? So my background is I did undergraduate zoology. So at school, I did biology, chemistry and English literature A-levels. And then I went, went into zoology at the University of Reading, which I loved. And I would happily do my degree all over again if they would let me. And it didn't cost a lot of money. <laughs> and then I moved on to a master's in wildlife documentary production, where I really combined two things that I really loved, the science and the zoology side of all the animals and then also a creative side and a different sort of way of perspective of doing things in a much more visual way and much less sort of strict science rules and repeating everything and doing it the right way first time, which I was never very good at. So, yeah, I've definitely combined my two loves of being creative and also the science and the animal biology that I find really fascinating. It's great. So from the other side of the uh, debate, as we call it, Razor, what about you? I'm a civil engineer, so my background is I did my BE in civil engineering, and then I did an MSc in civil engineering, both in Iraq. Then I came to the UK to do my PhD in, uh, again, civil engineering, but is more specific to fire safety. And now I teach civil engineering to students here at Aberté. Uh, my passion to engineering started as a kid because I thought architects who are the people who are doing the building. Uh, then I found out that civil engineering really is the people who's doing the building. The architect <laughs> basically designed the sketches of the building. That's why I ended up doing civil engineering and I enjoy physics. Uh, civil engineering is quite linked to physics. So I love physics and that's how I ended up being a civil engineer. Great. And uh, just to round off, I'll introduce myself as well. I studied uh, chemical engineering for a master's and it also combined environmental and energy. So I was really passionate about sustainability. You know, that kind of combines physics, chemistry, some sort of economics as well. And now I also work with companies to assess their energy. Some of it requires behavioral change. So it's marrying that sort of technical information data side with working with people who actually sort of influence uh, the planet. Yeah, it's a really interesting field. If we kick off this whole discussion with where do we think science differs from engineering, if it is different, because sometimes people almost think of them as interchangeable, like at my university, a lot of people in the chemical engineering department came from science and some people who have the title of engineer are actually doing a lot of science research. So um, what do you guys think? I would say yes, definitely they are different. There's so many facets of what we would call science. I think chemistry, biology, what I studied, which was zoology, ecology, is very much sciences completely different to what Rueda does in civil engineering, which is buildings and materials and fire safety, which is to me not science in the same way that studying how an animal hunts or why they've adapted and evolution over time is much more of a scientific process compared to something like building a material or working out where your fire exits need to be. So I agree with Ellie here. I think it's one of the engineering definition is an applied science. 
So we take the science that is do fancy things and we deploy it to do building or to do design things. Because like fire exit need to be in a certain place to equip the human behavior of fire and the building need to be designed in a certain way to do that. We need a certain material to build something, but we need to understand the science behind the material to deploy it to our use. Timber, steel, and concrete all behave differently, but we need a specific properties that suits the specific location, cost. So you need to understand why I'm building it to apply the science that the scientists came up with first. So do you think in that case, a scientist wouldn't have taken those factors into consideration for building a bridge? Yeah, because I think the, the main difference is we add some safety factors as well. Let's say when you build a bridge, you will say this material bear 10 kilonewton load. If you build the bridge on 10 kilonewton that won't account for two things, the material uncertainty, because the material might bear nine sometimes because of a defect that came with the timber, or there is more load that was not expected. So basically, we will add 20% more of the load when we design, and we will reduce the strength of the material. That's how we would deal as an engineer to make it safer to use. I think a scientist would want it to be to the point, precise, at the same number that I gave them. So if I say, design this bridge for me for 10 kilonewton, they will come up with a great design, a perfect one for the 10 kilonewton. Do you agree, Ellie? Yes and no. I do think if you told me to do it to 10 kilonewtons, I would do it to 10 kilonewtons. But I do also think that science takes safety very seriously. We've always been taught, I mean, even in school, you guys will know that we had lab specs, lab coats, gloves, like you have to be safe just to do even basic experiments. So there's no there's no doubt that science is equally as safe as engineering, though maybe maybe you have the smidge of you want to build buildings that might fall on people, I suppose. I'm not saying if you build building it would fall on people. I'm saying the way <laughs> we would consider things would be a little bit different. I'm not saying scientists would be unsafe. I would say you were we're much more safer than us in the lab situation. Oh, okay, good. I'll take that compliment. I've done my fair share of lab, of lab work. Uh-huh. Yeah, we, we struggle to wear the gloves and so on to be in the lab. But the material we use are usually like something we would see at the normal house if you have a construction. So it'll be like, why do I need to wear all of these in the lab? I don't like this. <laughs> we'll have to wear them. Yeah. yeah. But we'll fuss about it. Yeah, I think um, one of my friends did uh, microbiology and came over to um, my department to do some lab assistant work and moved moving over to the chemical engineering labs, which were still biological labs. He he really shook his head at, um, <laughs> at the safety. <laughs> it's just like, this is just not on. You know, as an engineer, I definitely think we are a little bit more lax when it comes to precision at times and including lab safety. Maybe we are a little less precise. Um, and that's where, you know, science are probably a bit more careful about things. I take great pride in measuring milliliters to the exact exact amount on the scale that's my favorite to like if you need 160 it will be 160 mils beautifully done with the meniscus of course of course I was just thinking that Ellie what do you think science does better apart from safety then if I'm being uh, controversial oh okay I think science is better at finding new things and finding the answers to questions a new one I read today they found out that Seals in the Weddell Sea are iron deficient because they give all their iron to their pups. 
So they were looking at pup survival rates in the Arctic and they found out that the mums give up all the iron oh. and they're answering these questions. Like they didn't know that before. It's about discovery. It's about finding out new things. And I think science does that better than engineering. I kind of agree with you here, but I think engineering apply what we need out of science in a more efficient way. <laughs> it's fun to understand how things work, but how would that help me do things better for humanity in terms of introducing new building, new physics, new generating mechanism to get more electricity? I'm not saying it's not good enough to know how animals behave. <laughs> I'm not saying that. I'm just saying we take the things that we would find useful, employ it to design something that is more practical. We have an interesting conversation here because civil engineering is linked to physics. We do some chemistry as well. I think science is just much better in understanding fundamentals. Engineering is better when we cherry pick what we want out of the fundamentals to employ them to do something. I'm not sure what you would think, Antonia, because you're kind of like halfway in between science and engineering. Yeah, some people say you can almost make data tell any story you want. And that's almost a trick in itself to be able to do that. And whether or not that's actually proper science, um, you know, you require a bit of critical thinking about how you did it, whether or not there was a bit of a bias in what you were doing to get that story. I think engineering does definitely, I think we focus on, on what we're trying to solve. If I take the seal, I'm not sure how iron deficient seals are going to help me solve, I don't know, nutrition. But we wouldn't know if we didn't actually find that out. I'm not going to cross off science, but we definitely do need an application. I think that's maybe a style of an engineer. An engineer wants to solve a problem. Of course, they want to understand it too, but most of the time we don't have the luxury. Even teaching civil engineers is kind of shifting to add more environmental to cover for the climate emergency. And it's very important to understand what's happening with the climate now. If you read the news a few weeks back, one of the airports in London, the pavement kind of melted mm. because the temperature went up to 40. In the UK, we don't design for 40. Basically, we need to understand what's happening to the climate change now to change our criteria of design. I'm originally from Iraq, I did my undergrad. We design for temperature up to 50 to 60 because in the summer, the temperature goes very high. And now climate is changing. So we need to think what happened in that airport, why the pavement is melted. And we need to understand, again, the science behind it so we can employ it. So they kind of like interchanged. Yeah, we can tell you that it's coming, but we need you to fix it for us to make the pavement safe. It's kind of like everything is talking to each other. With the temperature rising in the UK, the housing is becoming a problem because it's designed to trap the heat in. Yes, very much so. Didn't everyone feel that? And I heard both heat and cold will go extreme in the UK. We will get cooler winters and warmer summers. And we need to figure out a way to manage all the application that we do but we can't do that without the scientists because they need to tell us what they expect what range of temperature i'm expecting and we're talking about we're trying to limit the average global temperature going above 1.5 degrees c compared to pre-industrial times but that 1.5 degrees c isn't very much on a sense of how we can feel it 
I've seen these beautiful um, meteorological maps about how that temperature gradient actually applies across the globe, that it's not just 1.5 everywhere, but in the deserts, it's even more extreme. And then there'll be patches where there's more or less rainfall because of that. And so, yeah, it definitely affects what we're trying to design and also our understanding of what climate is. <laughs> I think that's where the science comes in. You need these meteorologists, these climate scientists to make their predictions, to make their models so that you've got something to work from. If we didn't do all the hard work in the first place, you wouldn't know how to you know, make your materials withstand 40 degree temperatures or how to help Heathrow Airport to not have a melting runway. So I think it's very much about working together as well. We need the we need the science to inform the practical applications that the engineers can then help us solve the real world problems. What I would imagine between science and engineering, they're more like complementary than each one do its own thing because they're interchanged without scientists that want to go and know things. We would not have the data to employ to design things. I don't think it's one way or the other. I think we just need to talk to each other more now. <laughs> Be willing to work together and share lots of different ideas. And I think that's the, the new trend now in academia. They, they're promoting multidisciplinary interest to bring more to the table. Yeah, absolutely. It definitely depends on background. I think you find it a lot at universities as well, that people will start doing one subject as their undergrad and then maybe get half a year through and realize it's not quite what they were after. And you can switch. I think people maybe don't realize that either, is that there is a lot of interchangeable skills that you'll learn and you can make a transfer to a slightly different specialism or a more niche subject. Yeah. On the same topic, I know three people in the UK who are now highly achieving academic and civil engineering who start wanting to be in physics. Mm -hmm. And after their first year of physics, they decided, oh, civil engineering seemed to suit me. I'll transfer to civil engineering. We are human. We change with time. I don't think my 18-year-old self is think exactly as my current age self. <laughs> <laughs> I completely agree. I think the more you learn, the more you want to know as well. You might think, oh, well, that module was really rubbish. I'm not interested in microbiology at all. But the other module that I had on this, that and the other was much more up my street and I'll take more, more things related to that. So, yeah, it just changes. The more you learn, the more you want to learn about different subjects. Do you think we're taught differently as scientists and engineers? Like, do you think our degrees are actually different? Considering, you know, if someone could do physics and then go into civil engineering, could an engineer go into a science job? That's such an interesting question. I feel like maybe yes. I think there's a slight difference that a scientist would be trying to explore. An engineer is mostly we're trying to train engineers to solve, not necessarily math problem. So if you have a collapse of the material near a railway, you need a solution fast to clear it. So we would teach them problem-solving skills. We don't have to know why the collapse happened. We need a scientist to see why that collapse happens. I think scientists are more trained to explore. Yeah, I think we're more trained to ask questions like, why on a fundamental level has this happened? What's inside the cell that's causing these changes? All that sort of thing. But I'm not necessarily trying to solve a practical problem. I'm just exploring it for the joy of it and to discover why it's happening. And I think a person, depending on how they feel about things, they can change their careers. And I think, Antonia, you are a great example of this. Yeah, 
in a way, my degree, chemical engineering, that is almost a vocation in itself. You know, um, you get taught the basics of engineering, you know, you apply it quite specifically to chemical plants, but it does also give you those transferable skills to sort of any mass production of an item or, or a system. I spent a lot of time, like when I was job hunting, almost trying to convince people like, I have all these skills. I know a logical framework to apply whatever problem you want me to solve. It's funny because, yeah, I didn't exactly go into a direct chemical engineer job. It's funny how how you do one thing and it just turns into another. Yeah, I think one of our members, her background was civil engineering and she do more social science now. <laughs> There's also writing as well in science communication. Like There's so much more than just doing the job that you have the degree in. There's a big wide world out there and lots of people now don't stick to the same job that they've always done. Do you think that's for the better, you know, that we have almost a diversity of experiences rather than, you know, almost training for one job and staying in that one job? I think you, Ellie, you didn't you didn't go through that path. I didn't really go through that path, but Raiders kind of stuck to the path. It's always been civil engineering buildings, although fire safety, also a bit of a different thing. What do you think? No, even the degrees are changing. So now there's a big trend in civil engineering degrees. So we're doing civil and environmental engineering degrees instead. We teach the student a lot about the environmental, so they can be environmental engineer when they graduate. They don't have to be civil engineer. It's becoming more the trend now to train people to use different other skills so they can change their path. One of our podcast members, she she's doing water engineering, which is also a discipline of uh, civil engineering. She told me she hates structures. She just don't like them. <laughs> <laughs> Not everyone can love them, Romaida. <laughs> which is totally fine. That's the fun now. Like in civil engineering, you can go and do that as well. I think all the disciplines are like that today. There's not one way to do it. <laughs> Yeah. No, absolutely not. And I would encourage everyone going to uni to get as much actual real world work experience as you can. And you'll see what you need when you do jobs and you'll talk to people in those companies and everyone will have a different background. Not everyone working at a civil engineering company will be a civil engineer graduate and that sort of thing. And especially at my job, which is very diverse, like everyone's got different science backgrounds but it's the, the love of the discovery and the love of the writing and the social content, which is why people are there and not necessarily because they studied biological sciences or genetics or any of those subjects. Yeah. People get into different jobs in different ways and have very varied career paths. I also want to add that university isn't the only journey into uh, science and engineering. I mean, on one aspect, you know, you learn stuff academically and so you have that really good grounding but you know maybe if book learning isn't exactly um, your style you know apprenticeships hncs are also a way to get into those related jobs beyond university when you start looking as a professional becoming chartered that can have implications on what education you had because it is about what is your fundamental understanding of engineering so if you're looking for those kind of accreditations then that's when you know looking at what course you take would be really important but if you know that you just enjoy it there is still a way it's just it might not be the direct path yeah lots of my zoology graduates didn't get into veterinary that they wanted to be vets and they didn't get in the first round because obviously it's very competitive 
but doing a zoology degree means that you can transfer into veterinary and start in second year. I'm not sure the ins and outs of it, but lots of them decided that they would do the zoology first. And then because you have those skills, you've effectively sort of started ahead of the incoming uh, veterinary students ahead. So you can use what you study to transfer into other things. There's always different routes into different things that you want to learn or different courses or different jobs at the end of it. So it's worth exploring. There's not one set way to do anything. Yeah, we have one of the students in our first year. She's a very bright student and she started with physics and transferred to civil engineering and she decided to do year one instead of year two. And she's very ahead than the other students in year one. Looking back before we went to uni, if you had the knowledge that you have now, what advice would you give to yourself? Don't sweat the chemistry exam so much. <laughs> this is not advice to anyone, but I got terrible A-level results. I shouldn't have got into uni, but they let me in on the strength of my personal statement and my other extracurricular activities and all of that sort of thing. So don't worry so much is what I would have told myself. If I knew before I did my chemistry A-level that I would have got into Reading, I, that would have been such a huge relief. But obviously you don't know that and exams are stressful. And I'm not telling anyone to not revise and not work hard, <laughs> but just know that it is not so rare that you might not get in if you don't get those three A's or whatever that is that you need. Well, it's all numbers now, isn't it? Yeah, I actually didn't get in on the day. I was supposed to get three A's and uh, I was just below. I got uh, an A and two B's and I didn't have any offers for A and two B's, but there was a foundation course for chemical engineering at University of Manchester. So I was able to still do the course I wanted to do because I knew I didn't want to change course just because of my grades. So I just spent an extra year learning and that was actually really good. I kind of actually got better at maths and then ended up not using it. But still, I got better at maths, <laughs> but that wasn't my struggle. It was actually um, the physics and chemistry, which I also don't really use that much anymore. So <laughs> I don't know if that that is advice for myself. It was really bad for me at the time. I thought, oh, this is the end of the world. It's the worst thing ever. And then realizing, oh, no, it's just an extra year. And actually, that doesn't matter. Like, you know, I know like some some university courses are three years and then you're out into the real world. But then I got the perspective that in other countries, they don't go through university that quickly. And really, it's not about how fast until you graduate. It's, you know, about actually being prepared and happy. <laughs> what about you, Ada? As a kid, I wanted to be an architect, though I did a huge family push because in Middle East, the culture is push you. You need to be either a doctor, mainly a doctor, any <laughs> type of doctor or pharmacist. <laughs> like that's the main thing you want to do. So I was, I wanted to be a, a dentist, yet I did not score high enough. I scored 91 and that was not enough out of 100. That was not enough for wow. dentistry there for that specific year. So that's why I ended up with engineering. So I read a little bit on engineering because the university I got accepted and did not have an architect department. And I found out then that basically what I want to do is civil engineering. <laughs> and it actually did not turn out that, that bad for me. I, I cried a lot on the day when the scores were announced. I cried for a full, I think for a day or a week or something. I just cried and cried and cried and cried. Yet looking back now, I just should have taken what I got with pride 
I'm doing well now. Um, that's why I'm here. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think I'm not doing it well. I've definitely been that person crying on results day. Like it's it is really difficult, and at the time it does feel like the yes. end of the world. Um, yeah. but it's not. You have to know that in perspective. Five years later, ten years later, life changes, and you will definitely find a way to get into the thing that you want to do. You, you know, there is persistence, and you can always reapply. You can take a year out. You can defer. Like there's so many options and different ways to do a foundation year, like a tenure year. Like there's always there's always a route in if you if you look hard enough. Yeah, if we go back to the headline topic, science versus engineering, we've kind of got science, science. <laughs> no, engineering is more fun. <laughs> oh, <laughs> you get to both things. <laughs> I don't know. It, it, it was the colourful chemistry that got me into having chemical engineering. And then I did none of that. It was science that got me interested into engineering. I'm not saying science is a terrible thing. That's a great. We need the scientists. <laughs> they're, they're, they're essential. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's about collaboration. And I would also strongly suggest that anyone thinking of doing science or engineering gets hold of a lot of unique prospectuses. And you can see what modules different courses offer, what you, you different unis specialise in. And you can just see what tickles your fancy and what makes a difference to you. And also university open days are such good uh, starters and you'll get a real feel, not just for the course, but where you'll be living, what sort of people are going to be there with you, how big your classes will be, all of that sort of thing. So it's really about the university experience is much more than just your degree, though that should be the focus and not going out honest. This sounds like a good place to leave it. I think we've covered a lot about, you know, different aspects of science and engineering, where there's crossovers, where there's differences. And, you know, also if you're looking at studying science or engineering, both are great. We highly recommend them, but also it depends on what you think you want and what you want to do. And of course, your interests may change and it is okay to change course or change job or change career. People have done it and they're all happy as far as I know. It's about finding out what you can before you make those decisions. If you enjoyed this episode or want to continue the conversation, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram or leave a comment on the episode. Thanks so much for listening. The views expressed in this podcast belong entirely to the person that said them. They do not represent any industry or organisation. If you enjoyed listening to these views, it would really help us out if you could rate us, leave a review and tell a friend. This podcast was sponsored by no one, but if you're interested in funding us to continue to have frank discussions about science and engineering, please get in touch.